sweet is a friend indeed, and he's also a podcast too. The lion and Tweed leaned against the window of the cab so as to better take in the San Francisco streets around him. He'd woken that morning in the Lombard Street room of the Mayflower Hotel in the Knob Hill neighborhood. A charming old hotel, the Mayflower. The hotel desk had reminded him of that of the Hotel Chelsea, that is, old, shall we say, with the accoutrements needed before the days of electric reservations and magnetic plastic keys. A picture of Lombard Street had been painted or drawn in burnt sienna on the otherwise egg-cream walls of the Lombard Street room. The pencil marks of the sketches that had preceded the inking, especially the lettering spelling Lombard Street, had not been erased after the inking had been done. Unprofessional. But endearing. They built a street up there called Lombard Street that goes straight down, and they're not satisfied with you killing yourself that way. They put grooves and curves and everything in it, and then they put flowers there where they buried the people that have killed themselves. Yeah. Lombard Street, wonderful street. Lombard Street was a mythical place in his mind, having grown up on Bill Cosby's comedy albums when he was young. He wasn't particularly keen on seeing the street itself. The Siena vision on his hotel room wall sated his hunger. Given its mythical status, he'd rather get to know it through an illustration, like he'd come to know other mythical places. Moreover, he wasn't one to travel to a living city and simply try to check off sights. He was much more interested in people than things. There was a time, he would have said, that he was more interested in people than places, but that wasn't exactly fair. It would be better said that he was more interested in people in places, what it means to be local somewhere. San Francisco certainly had that. For example, one couldn't say that life here was not shaped by geography. And the car's still going up! He said to himself, not sure if he was quoting it correctly or not. And he said, where's the land for crying out loud? The driving in San Francisco bit was no more vivid than now, in this cab, racing up and down the hills, led by a presumably experienced cab driver. That's the only time I've ever stood up in the car. Where the hell's the land? <laughs> the lion was captivated by street scenes outside. The outrageous angles that streets came together. How his cabbie waited in the middle of the street to turn left as if there wasn't a cable car rolling down the hill filled with tourists manned by an increasingly tense brakeman who eyed the cab sitting across the rails. The lion tried to avoid eye contact with the driver and the tourists. One, because he didn't know what he could do except offer a sympathetic shrug, sorry we're blocking your way and endangering your lives and ours. And two, because as a great cat, eye contact meant something very different to him than it apparently meant to, to humans. Eye contact and tension was a volatile mixture for him, something he'd found better to be avoided. And the casualness with which the cabbie fiddled with the radio dial as he waited for the pedestrian and coolly ignored the San Francisco landmark bearing down on them also unnerved the lion. He found himself staring at the pedestrian 
wishing her to move her long, black-stockinged legs a little bit faster so his cab could take its left turn, the cable car could rush by, and this calamity could be avoided. She did, and then the cabbie did, and then the brakeman did, and then the cab was rolling up the hill away from the cable car, and everybody involved seemed to move on as if this was a regular occurrence, and the lion let himself breathe again. His cab had been in some kind of neighborhood. He'd seen some majestic and oddly large columns to his right. California redwood scale columns compared to the white pine scale columns back east. And suddenly he was in the air over the water on the Golden Gate Bridge. He loved to look out over open water, especially as broad as this, with glimpses into the Pacific. Waves reminded him of wind across the grasslands. Where in Sausalito? The lion started, looked around, swung his head and mane to follow toward the cabbie. What was that? He asked. Where in Sausalito? You said Sausalito. Where? I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I just have some time. I thought I would grab a bite. You don't know where you're going? N not, not exactly. No, 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 I don't. The sea looked like the sky's shadow. They were so closely paired today, in bluesness and expanse. A mighty metal cargo ship churned awake in the middle distance. It was impossible to judge how far away that was. Drop you downtown? What? Drop you downtown? I... sure, yes, sure, that would be fine. A bite to eat, maybe some seafood... Maybe he'd be able to find a gift for his friend back home who'd taken care of his cats. The cab had all but crossed over the expanse between San Francisco and Sausalito now. The hills on the other side rose sharply out of the water. The road looked like it would have been easy to have a head-on collision with a hill. Lush with vegetation, so full of life in contrast with the formerly snow-covered and now merely cold eastern hills from earlier that week. What a treat to be here. He'd have to spend some time just walking by the water, breathing in the smells. And then, well, soon it would be time for the wedding.
took the first road heading out of Frisco. Hit the highway I started driving east. I ain't one to complain about my misfortunes. cover you if you had a head-on collision with a hill, I'll tell you that right now. listening to episode two of the line in tweed um this is the references section <clears throat> bill the bill cosby quotes that you heard throughout <clears throat> are from his piece driving in san francisco from his 1965 comedy album why is there air the song i played is uh the gas to albuquerque blues it's an original it's the first song from my first album the big hit which is available on itunes uh just search for uh, my name andreas Deucepape. There are not many of us. Um, I'm including the uh, album version of this song on the music podcast, which accompanies this podcast. And also, uh, you'll be able to download it from the episode page, which is at thelineandtweed.com slash episode slash two. Uh, if you want to subscribe to this podcast or the music podcast, I recommend you go to thelineandtweed.com slash subscribe.html.
the radio sound you hear uh, in this podcast is a theremin, which is the first electronic instrument. Uh, they've been experiencing a bit of a renaissance in the last few years after, after having all but disappeared uh, during World War II. You see, the theremin sounds like a radio because it uses the same parts as a radio. So uh, you know your physical body can distort a radio signal. Well, actually, I don't know how many of you really have experience with radios, but if you've had a radio, um, you can walk closer or farther away, and that changes whether or not it picks up a station, say. So the theremin actually exploits that, um, the fact that your body can interrupt these electromagnetic fields um, and the radio can respond to it. It exploits that as the instrument of control, and it converts that into music. So you play the theremin without actually touching it. You just bring your hand close to these uh, metal antenna and stuff sticking out of this box. <clears throat> so uh, it all but disappeared during World War II because um, it uses the same parts as a radio, as I said. So you'd imagine that um, uh, music instruments that had the same parts as radios became a lot less important than, say, radios So in World War II. Uh, so I advertised this podcast on uh, the Maximum Fun family of podcasts, um, and I suggested that this show would be like if uh, Mermaid Avenue met American Splendor. Um, and I'll let Graham Clark and Dave Shumkov, the great uh, Stop Podcasting Yourself, uh, explain. We've been told that it's a combination of like Mermaid Avenue, which you told me is. It's uh, that the... the um... Uh, Billy Bragg album with Wilco, and I think they did Woody Guthrie covers. And if that, if all of those things <laughs> mixed with American Splendor, you would have... Don't don't ask me to explain what that is. It was Harvey P. Carr's uh, stories of everyday life in Cleveland, often illustrated by Robert Crumb, but not exclusively. Uh, so if all those things mixed together and was a podcast... It would take you, A, a long time to explain it to anybody, uh, and B, it would be called The Lion and Tweet. The clip at the beginning of the Lion and Tweed song is from My Brother, My Brother and Me, um, which will also end this podcast. And uh, the cabbie was voiced by my wonderful wife, Emily. And finally, of course, uh, congratulations to Joel and Laura. Take care, you crazy kids. The lion in tweed is a friend indeed.
But don't let him devour you. Um, is it still running? 